exactly. Yeah. Hello. Hello, friends and family. <laughs> Hello, beloved friends. <laughs> beloved people <laughs> who are watching or listening to our podcast. Um, we just got back from our weekly, well, sometimes weekly. For me, it's more so yearly. Yeah, like <laughs> monthly, <point>. monthly. Bi-monthly. <laughs> yes. Um, volleyball, uh, beach volleyball day every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And... It was a great time. I actually stayed longer than I thought I would. I, I usually stay for only a few hours, but today I was playing. Same. I was going for them. I was diving for them. Yes. For them balls. You were going but for But I was it. missing every single one. <laughs> no, you were doing great. No, You stop. were. You're doing... You're so good. I don't know how you're so good at volleyball. I you mean, I was it? playing it for 11 years, so... Really? Yeah. Okay, that oh, makes you didn't me, know? I didn't know that. That yeah. makes me feel a lot better. Because I, I was like embarrassed. <laughs> with this podcast, I think we're going to learn a lot I know, because I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> we are just there. We love each other, exactly. but we don't know yeah, each other. Yeah, we love our we love each other's souls. We just exactly. don't know who who we are. But yeah, it was it was crazy. I have been going there since I think 2019, 2000 yeah, like 2019 um and I'm still just as bad as I was like when I first started. So I think we're not as consistent though. I think there's That's people true. who are That's a bit true. more consistent. That's true. There are people who come like go every week and yeah. I, i'm sure i would be better but also i think we talked about this but i think part of the reason is because um whenever i go into a situation where i feel vulnerable and i feel like oh i may not be the best or i probably won't be like amazing i feel like i have to overcompensate by jo- making jokes about it and like mm-hmm. letting people know like hey i i don't worry it's your first time i've been coming three years and i still suck like kind of jokes like that that um because i do that i feel like it puts me in a mindset mindset to fail and to not be as good because when i play volleyball i've played volleyball with other people and i feel like even though they're maybe just as good as the people that play with us um i'm just better with them i'm better because it's a different environment and there are people who haven't seen me fuck mess up like every you know every game um so yeah that's just i feel like that's really important in the sense of like the mindset you go into a game with or anything in life with it's crazy to me because what like i think our brain has so much power in the sense that you're waking up and you're like Today I'm gonna go and play volleyball, yeah. and I'm gonna like if you're thinking I'm gonna suck, you're yeah. definitely gonna suck. It's un- like mm-hmm. 100% true, um, and especially growing up because I was playing like yeah. for such a long time. Um, if you have like a bad day or you wake up and you're like, oh, this game is gonna go horrible, or yeah. you wake up and you're like super hyped up, yeah. it just changes the whole mentality and yeah. the results. I I don't know I. You cannot control it, though, in a way. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like you can prepare for it. Because if you... I I know that you can prepare for it. Because there are times where I, like, hype myself up on the drive to beach volleyball. And I'm, like, I, like, visualize myself kind of being good and improving and telling people, like, oh, my God, I'm doing so much better than I did before. Like, um, and those days I turn out... It turns out that I'm actually... I do well. I do better than I would normally do. But I also think it has a lot to do with, like, depending on the thing. Like, for example, this is sports, sports related, right? It depends on what your idea about yourself in sports or in that scene is. Mm. So I'll, 
I mean, I'm going to talk. <laughs> I'm going to say about me. So when I was, when we moved to um, America, like, obviously, I was I was six years old. So my, my parents had a lot on their mind. So they didn't put me in sports until I was, like, maybe nine. Um, and I remember being, like, they put me on a basketball team. And I was awful. I was god-awful. I was the youngest there. And I just did not know what I was doing. I was not coordinated. I was not athletic. Um, and I just... I didn't want to be there. I was forced to be there. And I remember on our like first game, I scored for the other team. And I still remember how embarrassing it felt. So like, I feel that that has a lot, just the fact that I remember it from so long ago, obviously it had a profound effect on me. But going into any kind of sport now that has to do with competition, I can't, I can't, not that I can't that's again a limiting belief but I tend to not perform as well um as other people would because I just have this belief that I'm not sport like athletic in that sport sense or because of this experience that I had like more than 10 years ago you know so, so you actually like you think that that experience formed the perception you have now? Yeah, with that like, like sm- that small mistake that you did, yeah. like wow. Yeah, because I felt so embarrassed and I felt like the team hated me, and that's one of the things that I don't like about competition is that there's a team depending on you, and I don't yeah. like being dependent on in that sense because I feel like the time that I was dependent on like the first time that I was in a team and I was dependent on I failed and like that just came up for me that comes up for me a lot um so that's why I really do well with like solo sports like for example pool like I love pool because I'm comparing myself to myself and I don't have anybody needing anything from me I'm just doing my own thing or if I'm like at the gym obviously you know I I feel I don't feel any pressure to perform a certain way I can just be myself and like so I don't know I don't know where that leads me (laughs) I think for me it's interesting to say that because our volleyball team, I think, is the least competitive yeah. volleyball team. I mean, we have a few exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we all know yeah. who these people Sal. are. <laughs> yes, Sally, if you're listening, yeah, hi Sal. there. <laughs> um, so, from like all the teams I've seen, we're like just there yeah. to have fun, like yeah. pure, like you know, just no one cares really if you're gonna yeah. make a mistake, if you fuck up. We might even like we're, most likely we're gonna laugh about it yeah. and have a great time, um, yeah. but. It's interesting to see the narrative that we create yeah. and how the narrative forms like our perceptions 10 years Forever, later, yeah. 20 years later. Yeah. Because that, unless, even though you see it, you see the pattern, like for you and for anyone to be able to change it, yeah, it's so freaking hard. Yeah. And that's like TMI, but I've talked about this with my therapist, not about this specifically, but about that I'm aware I'm very self-aware and I know like why I do certain things and why I'm I don't excel in certain aspects of my life but there's she talks about like closing the loop like it's okay to be aware but what are you gonna do and I don't that part of it is like I do it maybe once or twice and then I stop like the visualizations thing it worked but I just don't I'm not I'm not um consistent with it and we've talked about consistency like that is the one area of my life I consistency I can't Preach. It, I can't it's it's unless 
I don't know how I've become so consistent with the gym, but that's just stuck for me. That's like habit. If I don't go to the gym, I'm, I will be in a bad mood and I just, I will not have a good day. Um, so I don't know how that happened, but I wish I could bleed that into like the rest of the, all the other areas of my life. I do look up to you for having the consistency oh, for the gym. You. I cannot like, I used to be a very consistent person. Yeah. Like I think when you're in school, yeah. you have your school schedule and your sports after, yeah. like everything is so planned out for you yeah. that I was amazing at being uh, consistent. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere down the line, mm-hmm. something happened. And as an adult, I just lost all ability to have consistency. Yeah. And I think we were talking about how even this podcast, we feel yeah. like <laughs> it's just our own like way of being like, no, we're going to follow through. Yeah. We're going to set a goal and just go for it because we want to have fun with it. Yeah, man. I mean, consistency is everything. It doesn't matter what you do. Like, you could have talent. You could have, like, ideas. I have so many ideas. And I, like, take it one step and then I drop it. Because I think it's the fear of failure or the fear of, like, if I put myself out there, what will what will the consequences of that be? But that's also part of, like the mindset that we go into when we were talking about volleyball. Like, if we go into it thinking what could go wrong and how hard it's going to be and how whatever, then then it will be, you know? And then, then we'll be more likely to quit. We'll be more... But if we go into it thinking, you know what? This is going to be fun. Like, we'll have so much fun talking to each other. Um, it's going to be easy, breezy, you know? Because we were talking about this too, you know, and it changes the whole mood. You know, we're, you're not you're no longer fighting for um, a win. Yes. And and fighting for a win just doesn't work. You have to just be in the flow, and that's when you like that's when you win. I think, if that even makes the slightest amount of sense. <laughs> oh, it, it makes sense to me. Thank so. you so much, darling. <laughs> but yeah, I. For me, the the hardest thing was when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I think my family really instilled in me the sense of fear. So mm-hmm. I have a huge sense of fear in everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that plays a huge part in sports. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in everyday life. Yeah. We're just very, like, we're not risk takers. And mm-hmm. we're not, we're like, we're very self-aware. So it ties, like, uh, to what you were saying. Yeah. Like, I'm very self-aware of what I'm doing. And I know, like whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be thinking 10 steps ahead. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if I do snowboarding, I'm going to fall. I'm going to break my leg. I'm going to yeah. not be able to walk for like two months. And then yeah. I'm going to be like, why did I go snowboarding? Yeah. And it was amazing that when I said last year, okay, fuck it, let's just, I'll get the pass um, yeah. that my roommate was getting. And I went and I hadn't skied or snowboarded in like 10 years just because I was afraid. Afraid, yeah. <laughs> And my roommate was there and he kind of knows me. So I'm from Greece and mm-hmm. um, he he's also Greek. So he mm-hmm. understands the mentality mm-hmm. that a lot of Greek moms can yeah. like pass on to a child. And he said to me, dude, your mom is not here. Like, just get out of your head, get over yeah. your fear. And you're not yeah. like, and even if you fall, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, you might fall, you chances are you're not gonna break your leg like mm-hmm. you're just gonna fall down you're gonna hurt like your ass is gonna hurt the next day but other than that yeah. like you're gonna be fine so that to me is the hardest thing about sports it's also the mentality of and i mean it's about the mentality and how it ties to the fear factor yeah yeah i feel like i would have done great in your family because my <laughs> my family 
I mean, my oldest sister and my parents are risk takers. Um, I, I'd say actually my oldest sister and my mom are risk takers. Like they will, um, and my oldest sister, you, you know her, Nas, she will try anything and everything once. And she will, it doesn't matter if there's like a fear aspect to it. Like she'll try it, she'll do it. Um, and she doesn't have that sense of like, I'm going to hurt myself. She doesn't really care. She doesn't have that. And I've always had that. Growing up, I remember, my mom always tells me too, like, I was just afraid of everything growing up. And it wasn't because of my family, because my mom was afraid of nothing. Like, she would literally, like, tell me, she would push me to do things that were push me out of my comfort zone. But I was so resistant to it. Um, and, and yeah, like, I remember we were in the woods once, and I had to use the restroom. And I, I just couldn't. I was probably, like, 10 and I couldn't go because I was like, what if bears come and eat me? <laughs> that was my mindset. And my mom, she tells me about it now. But she's like, I remember I remember thinking, like, what is she going to do with her life if she keeps this mindset of being afraid of everything? Because I didn't learn how to swim until I was 10. I didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was 10. I didn't learn, um, I didn't go camping until I was like, 13 i was afraid of the woods i was afraid of bees so that fear is a big part of my life and it's a really big motivator for me actually to do things that scare me now now because i i don't want to be limited by anything that was like put on me maybe as a kid maybe like i saw my sisters fall and hurt themselves and i was like i don't want that to happen to me so like i just but i think like pushing yourself past the point that of comfort is is so important for growth in all aspects like right now even talking about volleyball like i hate i actually like it makes me really uncomfortable when i don't when i miss like it makes me like really ashamed kind of there's a lot of shame in that and so i'm always looking around trying to look for people's reactions to me messing up and that i i keep doing it and i keep playing because i don't want to feel that way anymore i know people mm. don't feel that way about me i know people aren't like what is she doing here but i just need to get out of my head in that sense but i get what you're saying completely with the, about the fear but it's interesting because your family like actually had that too but my family didn't so i i yeah. wonder how that yeah. works what do you think how did like how do you think you got that mentality if no one else <clears> in the family has it i think you know it's because growing up i i was the youngest in my family i was um on my mom's side my cousins were all significantly old, older than me i had one cousin who was the closest cousin to my age was four years older than me but everybody else was about like 10 to 20 years older than me so i was around a bunch of adults who didn't really take risks that kids take so I wasn't around a lot of children who I could like run around and play with bugs with or run around and fall and scrape my knee with. I was really just sitting and, and listening to adults have conversation. And that's how I really became so introspective is because like, I was listening to adult conversations at a very young age when other kids were probably playing outside while their yes. aunts and uncles were talking, you know. So I think that happened and I just didn't. And I, I remember... I, not that I remember, but my mom would tell me when I was two, my cousin would, like, throw me up in the air and I would start crying while other kids, like, enjoyed that. So I think it's intrinsic. Like, it's something within me, uh, just naturally that's very fearful. Um, but I don't know. And I think I've, I've really improved, like, tremendously. Like, I love camping now. I'm still afraid of bugs, but I push past that fear. Um, and... 
And yeah, I but I don't know where I don't know exactly. We so, don't know where it came from. I have a question for you. Yeah. Lately, I've been um, because I've also been trying to like overcome fears, mm-hmm. but I think uh, there's there's two pools in a way of fears. There's the pool that it's the fears that you like you think it's impossible to get past yeah. and even the idea of trying like i know i'm most likely not gonna yeah be able to overcome it mm-hmm. and there's a pool of fears that i know i can overcome like yeah for me being able to like go around traveling south america on my own completely a few months yeah. ago that was in the pool of like i'm scared out of my mind yeah but it's in, it's within my comfort zone fear like yeah. i don't know how to explain it yeah and I was, makes sense even though i tried hard to i tried hard to do it and yeah. it was a decision to book the ticket to colombia and be like okay i'm doing this i'm yeah. gonna be like a female traveling on my yeah. own and my parents are not gonna know and i don't know what's going mm. to happen um i was comfortable enough to say you've been talking about it for a year now is the time to, to go for yeah. it otherwise you're just gonna be a person who talks and like just N- never, never acts yeah. um so the question i have like when you're talking about your fears mm-hmm. what is a fear that you may have that would be on pull one the one that is like impossible for you to overcome mm-hmm. i don't know i think i think Funny enough, I think it's surfing is one of them. Mm. Like surfing, I love the ocean and I love swimming, but going that far out and um, I've always had that fear of the not the ocean, but of <laughs> my airplane crashing in the ocean and just like being stranded. Like and that's so like random, right? I, Wait, you you're what the airplane? Crashing? Yeah, because like when I was younger, obviously we would travel to and from Iran a lot, and I had this huge fear that the plane was just going to crash in the middle of the ocean and would be stranded and there'd be like endless sea beneath me and that mm-hmm. is just terrifying for me and so like having and sharks all of that so i feel like maybe i'll i've paddled out to in hawaii um with a bunch of people though and i don't think i'd ever really do it here um even though i i'd want to um But I can't really think of anything. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe one day. Uh, but you said like there's a pool of things that you can't. You think you can't ever do. I feel like once you finish that pool of things that you think you can do but you haven't done, uh, then that's the, your like circle of comfort will open up, and maybe those things will enter that circle eventually. Like those things that are out of your reach right now, because it's always gonna be. There's always gonna be something more. You know. Um, Or I thought like motorcycle, like being on a motorcycle was one of those things that I was like, I will not do this because for me it wasn't worth it. The risk wasn't worth the reward. Um, but I did it once and I was happy that I did it once because I was like, this is something. And I actually like one of our friends crashed during the time that we were like going. Like this was my first time and one of our friends crashed. And I didn't have that fear actually. The fear felt like um, I just... I felt confident. I felt confident in that it's going to be okay. So that was something that I overcame that I thought I would never do because because I my sisters crashed before. One of my high school teachers, um, his son died on a motorcycle. And so that stayed with me. I was like, motorcycles, no. And I see, like, I don't see them half the time when I'm driving, you know. But what about you? Like, what's... I know you said your pool of things that you, like, Columbia, but what's something that you could never 
It's gonna be silly, and you were there to witness it, but <laughs> a few weeks ago when we went to the trampoline um, oh my God. thing. Okay. So, yeah, it was, we, we decided to go on a trip, um, I mean, thanks to you, and yeah, we went to see your sister, Naz, in San Diego. So much fun. Yes. You almost got recruited into a cult, which was yes. amazing. <laughs> a great start to any trip. Is being almost being recorded recruited to a cult um, and an in and out exactly by a lady eating a um, protein burger. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was lettuce and a meat <laughs> meat patty and eating like looking at me very intensely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the next day we decided we're gonna do a trampoline park uh-huh. because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really went in with the mentality that I'm gonna be able to do you know, at least a flip or a headstand, yeah. like just something, or I, I don't know if it's called a flip, like, I don't know what, what yeah, would like you call a, like a cartwheel or a flip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. And I really thought I would be able to do it. And it's one of those things mm-hmm. in my 26 years, I'm failing every time. And oh. it's just one of those things that I know my fear will always hold me back and I will never be able to do it. And it sucks. That's why I think, um, like, one of the things I want to do if I happen to have kids at some point, I don't know if I want to or not, but um, I want to make sure I take them to different types of sports and activities Mm -hmm. just so that they have the basics. Yeah. If I was in gymnastics, even for four months as a six-year-old, I would know how to do that. I would have, yeah. yeah. And now I don't. And that's one of the, yeah. the problem areas for Listen, me. Preach, girl. Like I always, my my parents tried to put me in like other sports too, but they never put me in things that I wanted to do, like gymnastics, dance, or stuff like that. Um, so yeah, like same, same right there. I have never been able to do a cartwheel. I tried. I tried when I was a little kid. I couldn't do it, so that stuck with me that I can't do it, and I haven't been able to. Um, but at that, um, I've been doing yoga uh and last year you followed my experience with this uh my journey uh no during the start of covid i was like i'm going to get my headstand down because i i was so afraid of being inverted like upside down i've never been able to be be in that position like actually do a cartwheel or anything so i've always been the right side up (laughs) you know (laughs) so um i was like i'm gonna do it and i ended up being able to do it after like a month or so and now i do it all the time and i'm starting to do like starting to move into more like hand stuff like handstands and but at the trip i mean at the trampoline park that we were on um that they were at i i was committed to doing it but i just we just kept failing remember we just kept like all these little kids and like teenagers were like doing tucks and like doing like three spins in the air and, and i was we were just like old ladies like trying to do <laughs> trying to do a cartwheel or like a flip um and and something happened when you you said okay i'm done i'm not gonna do this anymore like i'm 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 done where i told myself i could quit now and it would be okay because there's nobody to compare myself to because vasya quit too so it's not like oh i'm less than because i i stopped which is so fucked up anyways um but Something wasn't in my head said, like, do you want to be a quitter? Like, I don't know. Something clicked where I said, I have to do this for me and I will do this. And I knew when I was doing the flips that I wasn't really fully committing to it. 
you know when you know you're like committed because if you commit to it, it it will happen you may fall over but you will you can but we're just so afraid of hurting ourselves we're so afraid of failing or making a fool of ourselves that we just don't do it so i said you know what i'm gonna do it and literally the second you said i'm done the flip that i did after was the one that i actually like the the one time that i got it and then after that it became easier to keep going so that was because usually i am that kind of person who when somebody else quits i find that the easiest way out for me like if somebody else doesn't want to do something that's scary that other people are doing i'll be the one that says oh okay i won't do it either another situation where that happened was when we went to uh, zion a few like the start of covid i said like uh around november of 2020 um we went to zion and we i knew that we had planned to like go cliff jumping and at bryce canyon and and i told myself i have to be the first person to jump into that water because i knew it was going to be a high it's my first time going cliff jumping i'm terrified i'm shitting bricks but i said if i am not the first person to go i will not go like i have to be the first person the moment we got there i set my stuff down and i went and i counted to five the five four three two one method is so effective like five four three two one do what you have to do like five four three two one wake up five four three two one jump into that and i did and everybody else was kind of like whoa where did that like aren't you you know weren't you scared and i was like yeah and i hurt myself because i landed sideways but at least the fear like fell you know so that's that's an interesting like observation that i had from this like trampoline um situation but yeah and again it's all about consistency right oh yeah even if now that i'm really thinking it it's funny how we contradict yeah. ourselves all the time now that i'm really thinking it if we if i actually made it my goal yeah. to do the flip or like the cartwheel yeah and let's say i spent we had this uh, webinar the other day at my company, like someone came and um, spoke to us about micro steps. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, everyone puts these huge goals and then they get overwhelmed and they never do anything. And the guy was like, just do five minutes a day. If you mm-hmm. do more, good for you. But you can say, oh, if you say I'm gonna work out four days a week, you're not gonna do it. You're just gonna get lazy at some point and then you're gonna get disappointed and you're not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But if you say, oh, I'm gonna go for a walk for five minutes, oh, I'm gonna do like a five minute thing, you might end up doing 15 or 20, but at least your goal was like low enough, it was a micro step, like to get you somewhere. So if I were to wake up every day and just like f- try, the small improvements within like 60, 90, I don't know, like mm-hmm. two, three months, it would be, I think I would be able to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, there was something that I was watching about somebody, like a trainer who works with obese, ob- like extremely obese clients. And he said, just show up to the gym. Just go to the gym. You don't have to work out. Just go to the gym. If you don't want to work out, sit for five minutes and then leave. But the act of showing up for something that you want to accomplish a goal that you have set out for yourself, the act of just like committing to it and saying, I'm going to do this because it is something that is a goal of mine will will push you forward because then, okay, you show up and you just sit down for one day. And then the next day you're like looking around, walking around, exploring the machines or whatever. And then the third day you actually get on a machine for like two seconds. Like it adds up, you know, 
Or you could do the other thing and just not do anything. And because people think it's all or none. Like, we think yes. it's all or none. It's either I go, I become a professional volleyball player or <laughs> I don't practice at all. And I just make a fool of myself every time, you know? So, so yeah, I think just just showing up and doing it, that's what, that's what I did with my headstands. I couldn't do anything. Like, I couldn't get up. All I did was try, like, I looked ridiculous. I just tried to kick, like, up into the air. And my feet would go a 45-degree angle. It wouldn't even go all the way up. It wouldn't go up at all, you know? And then you start the next day, the next day, the next day. And then you're like, wow, I kind of feel light on my arms now. Maybe I can do a little more. And that's how I got my, my handstand, like, at the gym. I was like, whoa, I feel a little light. Maybe I can be a little bit more brave this time and kick up. And then I got it, you know? They say it takes 21 days to build a new, like, habit. Habit, yeah. So yeah. maybe in 21 days they'll do a headstand. Yeah. Or, or the gym or, or something. The cartwheel. Yeah, yeah, the cartwheel, yeah. And I completely agree with you, um, especially in L.A. I, as I said, like, I moved here a few years ago, and I still... Because I was, like, I grew up, and I was born and raised in a different country, yeah. so I see, like, I have different perspectives. In L.A., there's so much, I mean, there's, like, a thousand people trying to be the next yeah. big thing. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, we have... <laughs> a little race, race car driving happening. Yes. Okay. Um, it's all about the idea you have to be the next whoever like you have to be huge or you're nothing and you miss out on the process and the journey of just having fun and not everyone has to be not everyone has to start a youtube channel and become the next i don't even know a famous youtuber (laughs) i'm not great at that but (laughs) you know in that sense and my friend recently created her own blog Mm -hmm. and uh, my friend kat and she was sharing with me that she just her goal is to make one dollar in the next six months Mm. and i love that because you don't have to aspire to be the most world-renowned you know blogger you just have to start Mm -hmm. work on it and then you know whatever happens happens exactly yeah we talked i think we talked about this too in regards to even our the podcast we were like we don't have to make this a huge thing about, oh, we want to be the next Joe Rogan, you know? Because <laughs> we're not going to be Joe Rogan. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we will, and that'll be like a fun process. And I think, um, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think that mindset of all or nothing, or I have to be perfect at this or nothing, it's kind of, first of all, to protect ourselves, to say, I'm not going to be the best, so what's the use of even trying? And it's kind of an easy way to get out. And it's also what keeps people poor, in my opinion. Because people don't strive for the next best thing. They strive for the ultimate best thing. And they don't even strive for the ultimate best thing. They just, in their head, want it. But if they were to say, oh, I strive, like, like us, you know, we just said... We make six podcasts, six episodes. That's it. That's all we're striving for. We're not striving for anything in particular. Then we will show up. We'll show up for it and we'll keep going. And let's say the six turns into 12 and the 12 turns into 200. Who knows, you know, but that's not the goal. And um, and I feel like rich people have that idea where 
it's never you're never stuck to anything like you're not going to have to be the next like youtube guru or the next i don't know um uh, i don't i don't know you know <laughs> or the next like martha Stewart. you don't have to be anything you can just be you, like even within our friend group we can just be all the friends that make podcasts you know that's cool i think that would be cool oh 100 yeah, i would love sick. that for us that'd be sick like even having my friends listen to this that would be really nice you know so i don't know what's another thing that you feel like you have wanted to try but fear and um the fear of failure or just it not being serious enough in your mind uh, like has held you back from that so i would say two things <laughs> one thing funny enough growing up um i really wanted to um become a singer and i was really hoping that you know even like i would love to learn guitar and just mm-hmm. be able to go on the streets and <laughs> with my guitar and just start singing but I would just love like you go to some small like venues like music venues and sometimes the singers are not Mariah Carey (laughs) they're just good enough entertaining enough and they're having their time of their lives Mm -hmm. so definitely at some point I would love to maybe when I'm gonna be traveling again and just to make some go busking like around yeah put a hat there yes or just find a a small bar in in brazil (laughs) going and Mm -hmm. say hey i'm this chick from greece and i'd just like to come and sing 10 greek songs tonight for you Mm -hmm. and you know just also make it part of a culture experience and i think that would be number one and then number two is um I've wanted for the longest time to create my own like company mm-hmm. and it doesn't again have to be <laughs> the yeah. big company. I always was I was always thinking that I need to find the next unicorn idea, the next like mm-hmm. oh the Airbnb people created Airbnb yeah. and like you know you always think like that. And when I was traveling I met people like small business owners um And I said, you know what? I would just love to have my own small business Mm -hmm. and just to understand what it takes to be, you know, like, first of all, working for yourself 100%, not having to (laughs) report to anyone. Yeah. Um, And just, I would be proud even if it didn't work out because I knew that I put in the time. I found a project that I, my heart, like, like yeah. it speaks to my heart yeah. and just to that um what what about you yeah well i'm going to talk i'm going to touch on what you said because yeah we're we're totally creative beings and when we create something like a business it becomes a baby like you're so proud of it or when you create something whatever you create when i for i do like the clay things right whenever i create something i I, I create, like, um, incense holders or little tr- trinket trays. I wake up in the morning, and I the first thing I do is go look at it the next day, you know? I just, I feel so proud. And it's like, I, from my brain to reality, that's what I think. It's like, that's so powerful. I could do, I could think of something in my head and make it a real thing. That's insane. 
no other animal in this world can really do that, you know? We're the only ones who have the capacity to use our imagination and actually make something out of it that it impacts the world in some small or huge way. Um, but yeah, like the one thing for me, it's been a podcast. Um, I, I told you, but I started a podcast about two years ago and it was just me talking. This is a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) It was just me talking for like 45 minutes to a microphone, which like, yeah, maybe not the best idea. Um, but I liked it, but I just, in my head, I kept thinking, who would listen to this? You know, nobody. Am I wasting my time? And so one day I I had three episodes up, I think, and I just deleted everything, deleted the website. um, And I just, I've been thinking about it ever since, like doing a podcast or making a YouTube channel where I talk. I love talking to people and I love like having these kind of conversations. It makes me really happy and it energizes me. So that's one of them, um, but the fear, again, of just not being great always stopped me from it. Um, another one has been, but I'm working on it right now, um, becoming a personal trainer. So I started working out like consistently in 2000, in 2017. It's been like a few years, um, like weekly. So I haven't missed a week or two in since 2017. And I've always wanted to be a personal trainer. Like once I got pretty good at it and people started noticing that I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, but I thought a personal trainer has to look a certain way. I can't go preaching, oh, you know, work out, it's good for your body when I'm holding on to 40 pounds of extra fat, you know. So that is something that's stopped me. But I think I'm right. I think I'm right in that sense where um, I have to, in order to have the audacity to train somebody else, I have to show that I am there myself. You know, I can't pretend that I know something if I'm not committing to it myself. How am I going to tell this person, stay within your macros or, um, you know, keep out, keep from the fried food and go do that myself the next day. You know, that's hypocrite and I didn't want to do that. But now I feel like, First of all, I'm the trainers at my gym have given me the confidence. They say like you're beyond training. Like you, I I would not want to train you as a client because you pretty much know everything, and that really gave me a lot of confidence. And also, I feel like I've slimmed down a lot. Where I'm toned now, and people know that I work out. Like if you look at my legs, you oh, know that yes. I deadlift. One hundred percent. So now I feel like I'm I'm confident enough to do that, and I've had the personal training like the NASM. National Association of Sports Medicine textbook for about since 2020. My mom paid for it, which is so sad that she invested in me. My mom invested in me and I failed her. Um, And I just didn't follow through with it because of that. But now I'm actually really moving through the chapters quickly because I believe in myself. I believe that I'm going somewhere with it, actually. Whereas back then I felt like I'm just doing this, but when it comes to getting a job, I'm going to be so shy and embarrassed and not ready to, to train somebody, you know? Well, you're not failing your mom anymore. (laughs) You're reading the book, so yay. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm pretty happy. Yes, I'm very proud of you. And it's funny how you say you're not consistent and yet (laughs) you've already shared so many examples of consistency. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have really become... 
I've really changed my my behaviors and my outlook on life in the past few months. Um, like January, February, and part of March were a really hard time for me where I completely crumbled. I fell apart and I had to rebuild everything, rebuild my confidence, rebuild my my body. Everything was just like in the gutter, get a new job, stuff like that. So I feel like I've come out of it on with a completely new perspective on life. And I hold myself, like, you know, consistency and all that, I hold myself more accountable now than I have ever before. Like, I, if I say I'm going to do something, or if I say I'm going to be somewhere at a certain time, I try to do that, I try to keep up with that. Um, And also, it's a lot of, like, self-love. I haven't experienced this much love for myself, ever, ever. I've never had actual love where I felt like I come before others my opinion and my comfort and my peace come before whoever and whatever's mamas you know I don't care (laughs) um and I think that has really impacted me in the sense that I now make decisions that I know I will wake up happy to you know if I'm gonna do something I'm gonna say will the person that I am tomorrow be happy with the decision that I made today and so I just try to keep living like that it's hard, man, but it, it's it's like a practice you have to keep you have to keep up with because it can get out of hand. You can forget, and then yes. you're back to where you started two months later. You know, mm-hmm. so you have, it's like the consistency of that mindset is also a big deal. First of all, it shows. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like it definitely shows. I'm kicking and... my feet. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you put in the work, so yeah. it, it it was bound to show. Yeah. Um, so congrats, Charlie. Thank you. I'm I'm going actually through the phase of the gutter, <laughs> the crumbling phase. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm very happy to hear there yeah. is a rainbow oh, after the storm. Absolutely. Uh, I'm waiting for the rainbow, but I'm still going through the storm. Yeah. And it's, it is all about self-love. And my, my friend Neube has been telling me for years to start meditating. Mm. And I kept laughing at him. <laughs> Be like, I'm not doing that. I'm yeah. not meditating. And I'm actually I'm trying to follow the five-minute uh, rule mm-hmm. that I shared. The micro-step. And I've been trying to meditate and focus a lot on self-healing and self-love. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to unlearn patterns that have been there for the longest time. It's so hard. And like for the like for things that trigger us, mm-hmm. I immediately will fall to the pattern that feels familiar, that I know, mm-hmm. that you know, that kind of self like yeah. the negativity mm-hmm. um, and self-destructive thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're 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 getting there. Yeah. And you're inspiring me. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, somebody inspired me. You know, people have inspired me when I was going through that because it really feels like there is no other side to it. And really it's it's the clarity that comes. I can't even explain. It. I'm sure you felt that we've had our like ups and downs, but you feel like like the things that were such a big deal in your mind when you were depressed or when I was depressed now are not even on my mind. They don't, they, they, because your mind is so laser focused on the, the shit on the crap. It's like all the crap fills your line of sight. And, but the crap isn't even that big of crap. It's just little, little dudes, little, (laughs) what was it called? Little droppings of, you know, (laughs) 
but um but yeah and and it really does feel like there is no getting out of it and i remember how shitty and how uncomfortable and depressing and sinking like it felt like you were sinking Mm -hmm. into yourself um and i can confidently tell you that there is another side to it one thing is i you like me you go through ups and downs right phases where you're Mm -hmm. really good phases where you're not i talked to my therapist about this and i told her about these phases and she didn't really tell me anything but i realized that the reason that i go through these highs and lows is because i don't do upkeep with my mental health or with my spiritual health or and i realized that the best way that i could do that and and because i don't want to go through highs and lows all throughout my life like emotionally my life will have highs and lows but emotionally i want to be stable enough to approach it with a clear mind you know approach the situations like they are not what i think they are um and it's it's because life gets good and so you ha- you're on a high and then you forget that there will be a down at some point life will not be consistently good and so you just you just let life take you for a ride you know but if but the thing that's helped me a lot is i have been focusing a lot on like mind body spirit so doing thing every day i do something that is good for my mind something that is good for my body and something that is good for my spirit so that i know i'm taking care of myself because nobody else will so i have to like do the upkeep of like the spiritual work which is for me like you say meditation i do like mindfulness where if i feel like i'm being i'm getting anxious i say okay how am i feeling right now i check in with myself i talk to myself a little bit and then i do five things i can see so i point out five things i can see four things i can um i can feel uh three things i can hear two things i can two things i can I don't know, three things I can touch, two things I can hear, and one thing I can taste. And that brings me back to my body. And we are very cerebral. We're in our heads. Would you agree? Oh, 1,000%. Yeah. And the main thing is, like, being back in your body and being connected to yourself so you're not... Because our thoughts aren't us. Our thoughts are just happening. We just connect with them we we think that they're us but they're not really they're just like whatever we see like we see an advertisement and we think about it it's not like we wanted to think that thought it just comes to our head right um and then the body like walking changed my life like walking for 20 minutes a day even five minutes a day it changes your life you see a squirrel and you're like wow life isn't really like what i think it is this squirrel (laughs) is having a great time (laughs) and he just has a nut like that's all he has you know and then um, the mind part is always, like, learning something new. So I don't feel like I'm falling behind because that's something that gets me depressed when I feel like people are moving up ahead and I'm still where I'm where I'm not, you know, moving. But I think that I hope that everything works out for you. But I wanted to ask, when, like, the last time that you weren't in this, in this like, low, do you remember when that was? And do you remember what you were doing when you weren't in that situation? Like, what you were doing differently than what you are now? I think... Sorry. That's a great question. Yeah. So, there's two things. First of all, um, I... The fact that I was on the South America trip, because there was so much stimulation, like, overstimulation... I was at my, like, I was at a high, 
because I was meeting people at the hostel and having amazing conversations mm -hmm. and people were sharing their passions and dreams and they were, I was just looking up to them and yeah. it was just a constant, yeah, again, like, high. But I think it was fake in a way. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't like an authentic, genuine high. So to respond to your question, last year, I remember being at a festival with two friends and sharing with them, um, you know, I think I'm, this is the happiest time of my life. Mm. And what I was doing differently was being less within my head, mm. um, not talking as negatively to mm. myself, about myself, not comparing as much. Um, yeah, so, but I, I'm not sure, I, I also, it might also have been the fact that I was, I was new to LA. Mm. I love escaping. Yeah. <laughs> escaping and Vasya like yeah. is, is one Like one distractions thing. because the, the experience at the hostel you're talking about yeah. was a distraction from like your, your head, mm -hmm. you know? So. so maybe I had just moved to LA or mm -hmm. not just, but I had just hardly started having like the perfect, like the most fun times in LA. Mm -hmm. And that was just, I was on a ride and I was just rocking it. Yeah. Um, That's that with like the highs and lows. Like it's not really that you're going through highs and lows. It's like life has highs and lows. And mm -hmm. so the stability, I feel like when I turned 24, I gain the stability of even though like January January's my birthday February March like I was going through it I was there enough to know that I would come out of it and I would like record myself every day crying just crying like, on the floor literally balled up and just like sobbing because I knew that I would look back at it one day and and learned from it something or just realize that if I'm going through it again I will come out of it again you know um but the the clarity and understanding and just being being in a way that uh, the world doesn't affect you so much and the happy things make you happy but not so happy because if you go really high there will be a crash mm -hmm. you know there will always be a crash so if you're feeling like all the way all the way ecstatic then just expect that it's not going to be ecstatic forever and you will come down and there will be that shift and adjustment in that and it will not be not be comfortable. Um, so I, I try to keep myself like stable within happy, but not overly excited, overly ecstatic for anything. Um, and I feel like that has kept me really calm throughout everything, throughout life. Like right now with my job, I don't know what I'm going to do next week because this week is the last week for school and next week I won't really have a job. But I'm not freaking out like I would before because I know that I've dealt with this situation before and I haven't died. So it's going to be okay. You know, so I think that that is like a perspective that really changed my, my life. Um, I don't know if that works because sometimes like things that work for me are not going to work for everybody, but it may, it may help you in a little bit oh, thank you yeah thank you. yeah it has walking has helped mm -hmm. i mean i haven't been doing it consistently yeah uh, but last week i was having a really rough work day and i texted my manager and said 
like normally I don't take an hour mm-hmm. um, for my lunch break. I might just eat in like while working or just take 15 minutes. And I texted her and I said, I'm having a really hard time. I need to go on, on a walk. And I had the best time because after walking for like 20, 30 minutes, I went to the recreational center that we have. And I had never noticed that um, there were there were like these huge um, devices, I guess, for children where it's kind of like a xylophone. So I was just playing with the xylophones and just, you know, listening to the beautiful sounds and also recording them and just singing. And I would see kids and like kids like being happy and joyful, like was giving me joy. Mm-hmm. And it literally changed my whole day. After that, I was able to go back to work and feel calm and balanced and just, I I, I need to do it more often. Yeah, it recenters us. Like, uh, I saw something this morning where it said, humans are electromagnetic beings and we need to be in nature to like be rooted again. Um, and, and yeah, we're not in nature enough. We're not um, outside enough. And that really does affect um, everything. Also, what I suggest is if you're, if you're, it's like nighttime and you're done uh, with a day, I'd suggest like taking a couple hits of whatever you're smoking <laughs> and going on that walk. Like um, I just, I took CBD um, and my actually my therapist was like have you tried cbd and i said i tried the tinctures they didn't work for me she said try a pen and i got a cbd pen and i think that also because the week i started smoking that i i became a new person truly like pure cbd nothing nothing else Mm -hmm. um and i would take a couple and it would just kind of relax my body and i would go on the walk and i just have the I wouldn't want to go home I'd have the best time talking to myself like reflecting on the day on the week so I definitely recommend that oh stay tuned next yeah, episode we're tuned. gonna see exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a pen a CBD you pen definitely because yeah. that truly um yeah I, I can't believe I haven't said that because I I remember my therapist told me that and the next week I was talking to her she's like how are you like all sad because kind of I was really sad and I was like listen I'm all good everything's back to normal because I it it really I thought I had I found a cure so much so that I told my mom I was like mom I'm smoking CBD but I'm not crying anymore so I'm gonna keep doing this oh give me all the CBD baby (laughs) try it try it and see what happens even like a two to one ratio two cbd one thc Mm. that would be really because that would kind of give you like a little but Mm -hmm. you'd be more calm but you're doing 100 percent cbd like no mix Uh, yeah um for the most part that's what i do uh if i'm not feeling 100 percent and it does it it does something i don't know what it does i think it really shifts you more back into your body which i that is the biggest thing for me, I'm so in my head that I feel all my energy in this, like, in I'm pointing at my head, in this region <laughs> up here. And I feel nothing in my body. I don't feel connected to it sometimes. And so, like, dancing helps, like, walking, anything that gets you mind-body connected. Um, I love a small, like, session of just me blasting the music and dancing it yeah. out. It's so necessary. Yeah. They say that... I don't know. I don't know where I heard this, but 
um, they were talking about how men are more successful at meditation than women mm. because men, um, they just do better like sitting still. But women, we need to move through our emotions. Like movement is a big healer for women. And it's just like dancing or, or like singing or walking and playing stuff like that. Like actually like having playtime like you did. Just movement helps the emotion go through your body. Um, I don't know if that's true. Maybe bullshit. <laughs> but it sounds good, right? Yes. <laughs> and that's all that matters. As long as what you say sounds good, no one will question it. Exactly. It sounds good. And if you believe in it, exactly. it's going to have results. Have... What we were saying in the beginning. Exactly. If you go in and you're like, this theory works. Because yeah. someone told me that, you know, it does. Yeah. It's going to work for you. Exactly. Whatever you think will happen is what will happen. Placebos. And that's, that's, I think, what we will leave you all with here today. (laughs) That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. This is amazing. Yes. I'm so excited for... Yes. Yeah. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) So excited for the next five. Yes. Because we're doing this. Yeah. I was in in my flow state. Time went by so fast. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm... Mm. All right. Well, if you made it until, uh, yes, this far, thank you. You're probably my mom or my best friend, Kat. No, we will not speak that negatively. You are probably the entire world. Yes. Because everybody's listening to our (laughs) podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Yeah. And we'll be happy to have you guys over for the next episode (laughs) that we do in Vasya's room. (laughs) Or in my room. Yes. All right. Good. Bye. 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 Bye.